0: This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM channel 371. Packer and Durham. We have reached the final hour of the week. Numbers 844 say ACCN. We continue to stream live on the ESPN app. We have more guests. That includes Andrea Adelson at the bottom of the hour. A lot of yeah. serious business to attend to with Andrea. And we've got some serious news to attend to at the top of the hour, West, because once again, if I do say so myself, I'm going to brag about us for a second. <laughs> we've been doing this show on radio and television uh, for a long time. And not one time, not one time have we been given information from the conference and we're told, don't you dare say a word. It could be all conference stuff, it could be any other official announcement that comes from Greensboro. We have yet to screw it up. Not one time have we let the word get out leaked on social media. You told a friend, your wife told a cousin who said this ran into somebody at the grocery store, hey, understand Pack and West said. Not one time have we screwed this up. And I'm proud to announce. On our 623rd show, we're getting ready to announce rowing for the very first time, which I'm proud of saying that that's the first for us, and we kept this a secret. And now we're about ready to make another official ACCN
1: announcement. Here we go. Yes, because the 2022 Atlantic Coast Conference Rowing Championships begin a week from today at 8.05 in the morning with the third Varsity 8 Followed by the varsity eight, second varsity eight, varsity four, and second varsity four. There will be two heats of each event. And we are here with the lane assignments and seatings, if you will, for all said races. How about that? Drum roll, please. Let's do it. Um Seeds are determined by a vote of the league's head coaches. First, varsity eight. The top seed, Heat one, lane five, is Syracuse. Duke in Heat two, lane five. Virginia, Heat two, lane four. Louisville, Heat one, lane four. Clemson, the fifth seed, Heat one, lane three. Notre Dame, Heat two, lane three is the sixth seed. Miami, Heat 2, Lane 2. North Carolina, Heat 1, Lane 2. And Boston College is in Heat number 1 and Lane number 1 in the first Varsity 8.
0: I have good news for everyone who is watching and listening. You will not, let me emphasize, you will not be tested after this segment to see if you've memorized all these. Promise you. Okay. That's from us to you.
1: Good. Yeah. Okay. Second varsity eight. We got graphics and everything. Oh, yeah. Seed is Syracuse. The top seed is Syracuse pack. Make a note I, of that. I already have. Heat one, lane five. Second seed is Duke. Heat two, lane five. Right beside him in that same heat, Virginia. Louisville in lane four, in heat one. Clemson is in lane three in heat one. Then lanes three and two of heat two belong to Notre Dame and Miami. Lanes two and one of the first heat belong to Boston College and North Carolina. You can see that they are there. Are five teams in each heat of each discipline. Okay, let's go to the third varsity eight of the Wes, ACC. West, West, Wes. hold on a second, yes, West.
0: Wes. Wes, we only have nine yeah. teams, so you can't have five in both heats. I, I know math's well, you know not I mean. your five and four. Yeah, that, that would be it. nine. Five that before. would not be the same. Yeah, West.
1: nine.
0: Don't don't nine. confuse ten, rowing nine. experts, Wes, with your math. Don't confuse them.
1: I'm so used to having. I'm sorry, Pack. I'm so used to having ten in the rowing rankings. No,
0: well, we do. We go. have ten in my rowing rankings, but we only have nine <laughs> ACC teams. If you've been paying attention Thank at you. all, apparently
1: not. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay, here we go. Uh, third varsity eight. Virginia's the top seed. They're in lane five of Heat one. Uh, the next two seeds, Duke and Clemson, are in lanes four and five of Heat two. Louisville and Syracuse, Heat one. They're lanes three and four. Notre Dame, North Carolina, six and seven. They're lanes two and three of Heat two. And then Boston College and Miami, lanes one and two of Heat one. That's third varsity eight. Okay. Now we're going to go from Varsity 8s to Varsity 4s. Do you have any comments? Uh, no. All,
0: all I will tell you is that Virginia has won the last 11 rowing championships. Last year, they won all yes. five of the grand titles. All right? Now, we've given you three of them. We're going to give you the next two. We go from Varsity 8 to Varsity right. 4. That's how this works. And Keep in mind, Wes, even with Varsity 4, there are still nine teams in the ACC
1: competing. Nine. Right. Nine. nine, nine. got it. First varsity four, the top seed is Duke. They'll be in Heat one, lane five. Second seed is Virginia. Heat two, lane five. Three and four are both lane fours, Syracuse and Heat two, Clemson and Heat one. Lane threes for the second two schools, Heat one and Heat two for Louisville, the five seed, and six seed Notre Dame. And then BC's in Heat 2, Lane 2. And they're followed by North Carolina and Miami that are in Lanes 1 and 2 of Heat 1. So there you go. Then the second, Varsity 4, is our last discipline. And the top seed there is Syracuse. Heat 1, Lane 5. Then Virginia and Duke Duke are in Heat 2, Lanes 5 and 4, respectively. Notre Dame, Clemson. Lanes four and three of Heat one. North Carolina Miami are six and seven seeds. They're in lane three and two of Heat two. Boston College will be in lane two of Heat number one as the eighth seed. There you go. Of the second, Varsity four. Um, couple of notes. First time Syracuse has been a number one seed in any of the events since they joined the league. Uh, you've seen that in the second varsity four and also earlier second varsity eight and first varsity eight. So congratulations to uh, Syracuse on that accomplishment and the number one seed in three of the last five races. The first time Syracuse is the favorite heading into the championship. So this counterintuitive thought to Packer and anything Virginia and water, meaning championships could be on the line next weekend at Clemson.
0: It is. And and that's what I said. The Who's have won the last eleven. And if you wanna you know, you wanna be the champ, you gotta beat the champ. And so Syracuse coming off a yep. victory last week at the Regatta. They've got some momentum. And so we'll see if they can take mm-hmm. that into Clemson, South Carolina. That's where Lake Hartwell you can find it. Clemson will have home lake advantage. Don't know what kind of crowd will be there. I thought my, maybe we've been talking for six months and we'll take this show, put it on a pontoon boat and be out there. That is not gonna happen, by the way. Hate to break the news to everybody. Maybe somewhere down the road, we uh, readdress that idea because I do think it's got huge expectations and upside of sponsorship opportunities, not to mention us on the water would be fantastic, given my background. Um, but, you know, Virginia is the team to beat. I mean, yeah, granted, there's only one of us on this show that almost drowned in a body of water last year. That would be me. Uh, there's less of me for fish to eat if I fall overboard moving forward. But nevertheless, Virginia is the team to beat. But Syracuse has momentum. If you go back to my rowing rankings here for the last four or five weeks, it's been Virginia one, Syracuse two, every week except last week where Mark Emmert jumped up to number two because sitting on your rear end going backwards, he's been pretty good. And uh, so he got some votes last week in the poll. He's now out, replaced by the Cincinnati Reds who are 10th this week after losing 19 of 20 since they've been sitting on their rear ends going backwards uh, at a record pace for the first month of the season. But on a serious note, it's Virginia and Syracuse. Duke's not bad. No name's not bad. Clemson at home. So that's the deal. We will address that later on, though. That's beginning next Friday. Next Friday.
1: Yeah, next Friday. By the way, coverage from Clemson will be available tomorrow or next Friday on ACC Network Extra uh, of the two days. That that will be live on ACC Network Extra via the ESPN app. Then on there. Tuesday, May 24th at 8 o'clock uh, there will be a recap, a two-hour recap of the ACC uh, championship on the network. Um, and folks can also see that. By the way, it is of note from the Atlantic Coast Conference – fans are permitted to attend the championship and admission is absolutely free
0: that's why I love it that's why I'm pro rowing uh, by the way I will tell you though uh, when that reairs on Tuesday May 24th uh, I will also be on a body of water it will not be Lake Hartwell but I will be at Lake Como Lake Como in Italy on May 24th <laughs> With George
1: Clooney. Uh, well,
0: I don't know if George will be there, the George- but, uh, but we'll probably see his joint would be my – I suspect we'll see his place up here on the, on the shores of Lake Como, but that would be the game plan on May 24th. May 24th.
1: Um, in or out of the water at Lake Como for you this time?
0: In the water. In the water. I will tempt fate again be- because it was about a year ago that I decided made a terrible, terrible mistake – and jumped in the water at Turks and Caicos. And that was about all she wrote. It was close. Me and the Lord had an eyeball-to-eyeball yeah. eyeball conversation. I looked up in the sky and said, Dude, are you really going to take me now? now? I mean, after all the jokes I've made about the second your big toe hits the water, Lord, you're taking me now? Come on now. You can't take me now. But I am going in the water again, Wes. I tempted fate at Lake uh, Tahoe last year. And look what happened to me. I survived the lake, but I got COVID for three weeks. So I'm going to go it again. I'm t- me and the water have always had a battle. So me and Lake Como, May 24th. I'll give you a total All right. up- update on that one.
1: Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. quite be quite a moment for America in uh, Italy. <laughs> uh, it's going to happen. When, when we come back. Zay Flowers is in the news, talking to Pete Thamel about nefarious activity related to being in the transfer portal when he had no intentions of being in the portal. Talk about that and more next on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham podcast.
0: Packer and Durham. It is a Friday, 844-SAY-ACCN. Andrew Adelson comes up here in about 10 or 15 minutes. And you don't want to miss the end of the show today because a Packer and Durham tradition involving the Kentucky Derby. Since we've not been able to go to the Derby, (laughs) we brought the Derby to you. And if you missed that during our uh, Q Series, as we called it, during the quarantine and uh, COVID, uh, we run it every year the first Friday of May. And uh, if you missed it, you'll want to see it. It's a laugh-out-loud moment, and it involves us and horses and the Derby.
1: Do you still uh, have the Q Series? uh, I do.
0: I got it right up here on our ESPN board, and uh, I will bring that out, and we uh, play that coming up here in about a half an hour, give or take.
1: Um, Yeah, Andrea Adelson on what we're going to expect next week in Amelia Island, the ACC spring meetings. We'll be there live Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday next week. Our friends from all ACC will also be there, too. Look forward to kind of uh, catching up with folks at each of the institutions along the way in our three shows live from New Island starting next Tuesday morning at, uh, at 7 a.m. Uh, Pete Thamel had a story yesterday, almost a 10.05 pack, <laughs> um, to be honest. Came about an hour after the show ended yesterday. Boston College's Zay Flowers telling Pete Thamel he turned down a pair of handsome six-figure offers via NIL companies to enter the portal and transfer. Now, Flowers saying, you know, NIL companies representing interest of institutions offering $600,000 and $300,000. Flowers had not indicated that he was going into the portal, nor had he entered the portal yet was contacted by the NIL companies in his interest to transfer. Uh, Met with Jeff Halfley, he tells Pete Thamel. uh, Had conversations with his dad. Readily admits it's life-changing money, but elected to stay at BC. Uh, But it just shows you the volatility of where things are. Here's the quote from Flowers. For a kid like me from a household of 14 with one parent, that's life-changing money. I talked to Coach Halfley, Halfly, we went through what it was going on. I talked to my dad. My dad would love for me to stay at BC, and I wanted to stay at BC. It was a decision I had to make, and the decision I made was to come back to school. Now, it is of note, Flowers is from South Florida. He is an electric receiver, and if, in fact, Jordan Addison does depart Pittsburgh, Addison, the Bolitnikoff Award winner currently in the portal, Flowers and Josh Downs potentially would be the top two returning receivers in the ACC next year, Pack.
0: Well, I'm going to re- uh, reiterate what I said in the first hour when we talked about this. Uh, I give Zay Flowers and Jeff Halfley in Boston College a lot of credit here. Uh, there's yep. a thing called loyalty. Sometimes folks have it, sometimes they don't. Uh, but in this particular case, they do because BC was loyal to Zay Flowers. Gave him the opportunity to get a number one, a great education. Number two, develop skills in which, hey, if he's good enough, he goes to the next level at some point in time, that's awesome. But he's gonna walk out with a great degree. I love the way Zay Flowers handled this. Hey, he was addressed, you're talking about crazy money, $600,000, $300,000. Again, I don't think anybody's surprised in this day and age of where we are. This has been going on for a long, long time. This this didn't just happen right. with Jordan Addison last week. This didn't happen yesterday or whenever it did and last week with, with Zay. This has been going on for a long time, and it needs to end. Tampering's got to be eliminated and punished in the highest degree. But I love the way Zay went about his business. He went to his coach. They had a conversation, talked with his folks. Uh, could he have taken the money? Sure. And he just told you, I mean, 14 kids, that's life-changing money. But you know what? There is a respect factor. I've said this for 100 years on radio. Respect is free of charge. Look into it and use it. And the respect that Zay had for Boston College and for Coach Halfley speaks volumes of his character, of his character, right? And um, I-, I love the way he handled it. And, you know, I also thought it was impressive that he didn't name names. He took the high road. He could have. He could have said, hey, it was school X, Y, or Z or company A, B, and C or, you know, Zillionaire, you know, Joe Smith or what. He could have, but he didn't, not to the media. Now, I'm sure he went to Coach Halfley and to the the necessary people behind the scenes, and hopefully that will be addressed. And hopefully the NCAA goes after people for once and makes examples of them. But I was impressed with the way Zay Flowers went about his business. And this stuff is going on, and it needs to end yesterday. I mean, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And this goes to what everybody's been barking about regarding regulations, rules. And hey, name, image, and likeness is actually a good thing if it's done the correct way. But when it's also now being used to basically let's go buy everybody, it's a disaster. And that's why I think you're starting to see the real movers and shakers of college athletics, which does not include the NCAA, now really getting involved, going, hey, listen, we really can't wait. we got to start moving and acting. I think that's why you saw George Kliakoff and Greg Sankey, two guys I have a great deal of respect for, go to Capitol Hill to kind of start that ball rolling. You've seen guys like... Uh, Gene Smith this week, the, a great athletic director at Ohio State, talk about, hey, maybe here's a concept that we can go moving forward that we kind of roll this thing with, with the way we've done with college football playoff. But we are now starting to see the real leaders in college sports, the conference commissioners, the the ADs like Jack Swarbricks of the world go, hey, we got to roll up our sleeves and get to work to straighten out the mess that we now currently find ourselves in college sports. But a tip of the cap, though, to Zay Flowers, Jeff Halfley in Boston College because that's the way you handle it. That's how you treat people with respect and have class and dignity and that's exactly what you saw with this story and a great job by Pete Thamel with the story on top of it.
1: Yep. Yeah I agree with you on that. I think it was also important too that Flowers be willing to share as you said. The interesting part is you know we're hearing more and more about this. Uh, Coaches were kind of you know, telling us, "Hey, look, there's some there's some stuff going on here that you know nobody wants to break the code, so to speak, but everybody well, wants to let you know that it's not all all in the up and up, and, and that's Wes, the problem college athletics without lack of leadership creates."
0: Wes, you know, we've had two coaches that I, I will speak highly of on this show that have been very adamant and outspoken about tampering. One is Pat mm-hmm. Narduzzi. Who told us about the Kenny Pickett story? He said, "Hey, I just found out Kenny Pickett uh, through you know different sources at Notre Dame, not saying that the school did it, but sources that tried to get right. Kenny Pickett to go to Notre Dame." He talked about that. He talked about it on ACC radio about how that, that this is going to be forcing coaches out of our sport, out of our business because this tampering's out of control. Dabo Sweeney, who of course is a lightning bolt for folks that have agendas against uh, Clemson and Dabo if he says the sky's blue, would go, this guy's crazy. Well, he talked about tampering is out of control. He said it's going on like nobody's business. And people barked, oh, there goes Dabo. He's whining and crying again about the NIL. He was telling you the truth. Now, there are some people that have an agenda that don't have an open mind to listen to all the issues that are going on. But he spoke out about all of this is going on, and it is screwing up college football. 100% right. All of us in the media who follow college sports, whether you're a fan, administrator, whatever, all of us need to be on the lookout on that. You've got to clean up the mess. And when you've got people that think, oh, forget whatever you guys are talking about. I'm just going to go buy my way, and we're going to go do that. Those folks have need to be made an example of. You can't tamper yep. with somebody that's already on somebody's roster. And that's why coaches are always talking about, man, i got to go re-recruit my own players? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Seriously. I mean, recruiting is one thing, right? There's all kinds of ills in recruiting, trying to get a high school player, whatever the case may be. But when you've already got somebody who's made a commitment to you, and then you got to worry about somebody trying to stab you in the back, being unlo- being right. disloyal. And, I mean, come on, man. you got to eliminate those people from college athletics. You do. And the NCAA, yeah. they talk it. It's time for them to start walking it. As I said a couple hours ago, You now need to take this information from Zay Flowers and go do something about it. Not go have another subcommittee meeting, not go talk about, hey, we're going to go worry about what uh, some congressman says. No, you need to go do something about it. You know, you, NCAA, need to say, hey, we're going to clean up this nonsense and make our sports better. That's what we're asking for people to do. So a tip of the cap to Zay Flowers, Jeff Halfley, and BC for handling it the right way.
1: By the way, news out of Raleigh yesterday was very good as well for NC State because offensive lineman Chandler Savala won his appeal of a denial from the NCAA on a hardship waiver for medical. Uh, Savala, who had been originally denied by the NCAA uh, in January, uh, got some support from his school. In fact, uh, NC State – Gets a lot of credit here. They not only uh, filed it, they helped him lawyer up to fight the NCAA <laughs> in, in one of the more weird deals. He started each of the last five games for the Wolfpack, had almost 350 snaps last year for Dave Doran's team. It's a welcome return for Zavala, who wanted to play, had the year, tried to use the hardship, and the NCAA, who does nothing now from a rules and regulation standpoint, had denied it. But Zavala fought it, and guess what? Of course he won because he was right, and they were wrong, Pac. Again, the simplicity of this and the lack of you know just common sense at times is uh, is befuddling from the NCAA.
0: Well, the lack of common sense is the key here, right? I mean, the, the intent here should be, to me, when it comes to this kind of stuff, and this is why the NCAA rulebook is about this thick, and it needs to be about this thick. I would say that you should always fall on the side of the student-athlete unless it's blatantly Absolutely. obvious that it does not work. Th- this case, right. I-, I don't know how much money NC State spent legally uh, from this perspective. But give the Wolfpack a ton of credit for saying, hey, listen, this is the right thing to do, and we're going to fight for you. And at the end of the day, it became a win-win proposition. But it shouldn't even reach this point. It doesn't always reach this point. A lot of times the NCAA makes a rule, and you sit there and you go, Well, oh, wait a minute, how does it- – or is anybody just paying attention to common sense? I love the fact that in this particular case, the right thing happened. And for NC State, that's welcome relief. And for Dave Doran, hey, you add another piece to the equation of why guys like Dennis Dodd at CBSSports.com the other day didn't have NC State ranked in the preseason way, 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 way too early, top 25. Dude, wake up. I mean, NC State's going to be a really, really good football team.
1: There you go. All right, sit tight. When we come back, Andrea Adelson stops by on a Friday to give us a preview of what she expects to be the uh, topics. Next week at Amelia Island, when the Atlantic Coast Conference conducts its very important spring meeting session, next on Packer and Durham.
0: Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. It is a Friday. We're almost to the weekend, just, but we're not quite there yet. We still have business to attend to.
1: I know it's your twenty seventh anniversary today, and once again, really happy for you and Mrs. P and coming up the world famous Packer and Durham Derby from what two years ago? Yeah. Awesome. It's great. Um the the other thing here to uh to keep in mind is you are fifteen days from departure for Italy. Fifteen. Yeah, that's about right. Two weeks from tomorrow. Yeah. That's about right. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. All right, off to uh, off to Orlando area, <laughs> if you will, please. And welcome back to ESPN.com's fabulous Andrea Adelson, who, like many of us, will also be enjoying the pink Himalayan sea salt at the fabulous Ritz-Carlton <laughs> in Amelia Island next week. Um, good to see you as always. Love the shirt love your hair um okay here is uh here here's here's my number one question spring meetings officially start on monday morning what do you think the number one agenda item is at amelia
2: i think there's probably a tie for 10 agenda items that are going to be at number one on the list uh all of these issues that we have been discussing ad nauseum here Since NIL started, essentially, that's wrapped up now in the transfer portal and everything else that is going on with the NCAA, or should I say, what's not going on with the NCAA. And I know that the football coaches and the basketball coaches that are going to be there, they just want some direction. And so they're going to sit here and they're going to talk and they're going to complain and they're going to wonder about what are we doing here? But nobody inside the ACC, from the ADs and the commissioner, are going to be able to give them any definitive answers about what are we doing here, because there are no answers from the top at the NCAA. And so we're in this weird sort of limbo right now, where if you're a coach and you're trying to figure out how do we play in this quote-unquote new world when uh, a lot of our programs haven't necessarily played in this manner before, Is that what we want to do in the ACC? Who are we philosophically? What do we need to be doing, thinking about moving forward? Because there's no turning back from where we are right now. Uh, NIL is not necessarily NIL in a lot of these instances. I think we can all call it pay for play. And so now that that's out in the open, and that's front and center, and that tampering is happening, tampering that may have been uh, happening before is now more in the open that's happening, but nobody's really doing anything to stop it. So... What does this mean for the ACC? What should coaches be doing? What should ADD, ADs be focusing on? What should the commissioner be doing? Lots of discussion, but I don't necessarily know at the end of the day there are going to be a whole lot of answers about that.
0: Andrea, there is no doubt the, the, the college sports landscape is, is in a mess. All right, No one's going to argue that. Uh, but do you get a sense that maybe for the first time in a long time, this past week, we're starting now to see signs of life of what I call the smart people in the room. The, 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 all the commissioners, the Jack Swarbricks of the world, uh, Gene Smith at Ohio State, who I have a great deal of respect for, are now starting to be outspoken. You're starting to see some movement at Capitol Hill as far as face-to-face, we need to go meet yesterday, let's go to a plane and go. You get a sense that there is a, a at least I do, that there is a, we really can't wait on a year or two to go by, and maybe the folks on Capitol Hill will get around to having a conversation about what legislation could look like and let's pass something. You get a sense, at least I do, that the real movers and shakers in college athletics at the very top are starting to formulate some ideas and plans. Now again, what does that mean for next week, Namil Yellen, I'm not sure, but I felt this week was the first time that I get a sense there's a pulse of a fight back Of hey no we're going to take back ownership and try to get somewhat of control what's going on do you feel the same way
2: well certainly i know that there has been a push from coaches as well i mean any coach that you talk to is basically putting their hands up in the air and saying Someone help, someone do something. We, we need to have something around this. Uh, and we've heard it from ADs, we've heard it from commissioners, but you're right. I think maybe the Jordan Addison situation, along with some of the others that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, has made people stop and say, Alright, hold on. And the NCAA can sit here and talk about doing things retroactively. That that can't happen. That's never going to happen. There has to be a plan for how to handle this moving forward. Now, I'm not saying players do not deserve to get paid in this new world era. That's not what I'm saying at all players are deserving of what they can get under NIL. Those are the rules. That's the framework that has been uh, supplied to them. And so, of course, they owe it to themselves to go out and try and find these opportunities. But what's gotten out of control is NIL disguised as something else, which is pay-for-play. And so trying to figure out how to manage that while also making sure those NIL opportunities are available for student-athletes, that's where I think a lot of the debate and the discussion is right now. It's very clear, and it has been clear for the last year, that the power brokers in the sport cannot wait on the NCAA. There there should be no going to Capitol Hill. Well, what is that going to do? The NCAA should have handled this Two years ago, three years ago, we all knew this moment was coming in college sports. And so, in that vacuum, I think now is a lot of people getting together and saying, All right, it's been a year, nothing has happened, the NCAA is not going to do anything. It doesn't matter what we say on Capitol Hill. We have to try and figure it out for ourselves because. This uh, snowball has gained momentum and is so far down this hill, and there's no bottom to it. So how do we at least try and make the snowball snow de- slow down just a little bit so that everything can be a little bit more manageable for everybody?
1: You know, I had somebody tell me yesterday who's in business, Andrea, has nothing to do with athletics in any way, straight, shape, or form. He said the biggest problem is the lack of governance in this and there's no governance from the NCAA, there's no as Packer said, there's no operating platform, no operating system from anybody else and that's the problem now of the five commissioners and Jack Swarbrick. That's the bottom line. These five gentlemen who have inherited the college football playoff mechanism and the president the board of directors of the CFP, that's why I think Gene Smith said what he said earlier this week. Uh, And along those lines, let me—I want to change positions here. You had a story uh, about Mario Cristobal and Miami that has just run at ESPN.com. You've seen the money tree in Coral Gables. You know where it is. You see the dollars falling off of it. There seems to be no end to the money tree—the one that the school has, or the one that John Ruiz has for name, image, and likeness. Can you tell me how they work hand in hand? Can you tell me how they're independent of one another after 100 days of the crystal ball organization?
2: Yeah, it's a great question because Miami has been one of those programs that everybody has sort of been waiting on to finally invest in football. And now seems like the right time, not only because of the profit streams Miami has been able to generate from its hospital system and some other areas, but because we are in NIL. And I have always believed that in this NIL world, programs that are based in large cities like Miami, like USC, are going to have maybe bigger and better opportunities to keep those players in their areas home because of the amount of businesses that are around because the amount of boosters that have money are around. And so I think once Mario got to Miami and the people in South Florida saw, wow, this program is really gonna invest. There were some people on the sideline who realized, well, if Miami's gonna invest, well, I mean, I can invest now too, and I can help be a part of this. Now, obviously it would be a violation of NCAA rules if Miami and John Ruiz were working together to try and figure this out, Mm -hmm. but, John Ruiz clearly knows that if I can help out, that means more players will get to Miami, which means Miami will ultimately be a better football program. So he has taken a lot of this upon himself knowing, okay, Miami's got a commitment. Well, I'm going to make a commitment. And if I can hand out some money through my company, LifeWallet, Tyler Van Dyke has a deal. A lot of current Miami players have deals. We've seen what he's done with basketball. That can only enhance what Miami operationally is doing. I think before, we didn't really know what Miami's financial commitment level was. And maybe there were some people who were wondering, okay, what is the financial commitment? But Mario coming in happened in this perfect storm of NIL, where they can take advantage of people in their community who have the means to be able to provide NIL deals for players to keep them at home and to help Miami improve not just Football, but overall the entire athletic department.
0: All right, Andrea, uh, Wes is from Greensboro. You live in Orlando. I'm based in Charlotte. Uh, at what point in time, which one of the three will have the easiest commute to the ACC headquarters <laughs> down the future? <laughs>
2: Uh, me. Therefore, I win, and the headquarters need to be in Orlando. It's, it's all about what's the easiest commute. I mean, I'm talking about 25 minutes. I know where the they're talking about in Orlando. Uh, I, I, I've heard from folks in the community for a while now, and it's funny. I, I went to City Hall last week on a field trip with little AA, Uh, my 11-year-old daughter, and I had people asking, well, are you gonna be asking the mayor about what's going on with the ACC headquarters moving to Orlando? We we didn't get to that. There were more important uh, things to uh, tour and discuss at City Hall. Uh, But yes, the folks here in this community uh, that I've talked to at least, and myself included, uh, would love to see it in Orlando. Uh, Ultimately, I think it's gonna be Charlotte. That's my best guess, but I thought this was gonna be resolved a couple months ago, and here we are.
1: There you go. All right, we look forward to uh, exchanging Himalayan sea salts at the fabulous Ritz-Carlton pink, in Amelia pink, Island. Pink, pink Himalayan sea you salt. You can sorry, get Himalayan I, sea
0: yeah. salt anywhere, but the Ritz-Carlton in Amelia Island's got the pink Himalayan sea salt and it is to die yeah. for. It is spectacular. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. We got that going for yeah,
2: us next week. Is. Don't Hit forget your flip-flops.
1: Let me there tell you go. something. Well, hey, thank once, you, Andrea. Once
0: you put that sea salt on those feet, man, you you don't need anything. You just float for like three days, man. No. Yeah. That place is that there place is
1: heaven down there in the, the Amelia. It's awesome. All right, Andrea, we'll see you next week. Thank you as always. Bless your heart for wearing the Hey Woody shirt. You're the best. See you next week.
2: See you guys. Thanks for having me again.
1: All right, you bet, Andrea Adelson, ESPN.com. And, of course, here at the ACC Network. Yep, the Derby's tomorrow, kids. you got plenty of time to get ready for that. What you don't have time to get ready for, don't move, because the world-famous Packer and Durham run for the Roses is next. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham.
0: Packer and Durham, final segment of the week. Weekend begins at 10:00. 1 a.m.
1: Yeah. There you go. Um, Today is a lot of things, but it's Mark and Amy Packer's 27th wedding anniversary. Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen. And we have the photos to prove that it actually happened. Here we go. By the way, where's the church? I was asked where the church is.
0: That church is on 7th Street in Charlotte, North Carolina. Still there. Episcopal Church. Wow, that's gorgeous. Yep. By the way, small church, tiny little
1: church. P looks fantastic.
0: Always does. Um, she always looks good. Yeah. Her husband? No eh, not so much.
1: A lot of a lot of things. Uh, a lot of things have come in on social media. People want to know what Amy's uh, name, image, and likeness deal was to marry you. <laughs> but my favorite is Rob Lucas, who says it appears the salad hit the portal for Mark Packer.
0: That is true. I got to tell you something. You know what? I'm glad it did. Life is so much easier without a full head of hair. It really is, man. I don't even worry about it. I don't. I don't care what it looks like. I mean, it just hey, it is what it is, man. I spend zero money. Zero money on shampoo. There's the look, though. That's that, after, That's the end of the day right there. I'm done. Yeah. I'm tapped out. There I got go. my old master's hat yeah. on. No, you know, I can't believe it. I was too tired to take my socks off. I was exhausted. Yeah, I had enough. That's right. Tapped out.
1: That's it. Okay. So happy anniversary. Rachel DeCecco telling us the traditional 27 year gift is a sculpture. Sculpture. Statue. Oh, there you go. Good luck on that. Mm, yeah. um, That'd be tough. All right. A couple of years ago, during <laughs> the pandemic, we started doing the Q series, ladies yep. and gentlemen. It is right there. A tried-and-true ACC network bridge to technology. There it is, the Q-Series Packer and Durham sign.
0: Handmade, by the um, way. We didn't have anything in the budget during the uh, pandemic, so I came up with the uh, – this is actually a coaster. Okay. It's a coaster. It's actually the yeah. second one we still have left. I forgot.
1: There it is. Yeah. So while they run the Kentucky Derby for the 148th time tomorrow, far be it from us not to take you back in time, to a technological high-wire event we staged, the Packer and Durham Derby, if you will. Here is uh, Mark and I from, uh, well, May of 2020, right in the midst of the quarantine to deliver the Run for the Roses, ACC style.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Packer and Durham, the Q Series. Hey, Wes, for months and months, We talked about taking our show on the road for the first Saturday, May. Churchill Downs, the run for the Roses, but since they
1: got postponed, we've decided to bring the Derby to Packer and Durham. Well, and we've got the first of three Packer and Durham hat trick races for you today. And, uh, you know, Pack, this will be, I think, a nice substitute maybe for uh, the real running
0: of the Roses. Well, i tell you what, Mrs. P can make a mint julep. With that said, Wes, ACC fans are going to recognize the field. We've got some famous ACC names. Well, and
1: if we're going to have a race, then we need to have odds before we watch the race so we can bet it appropriately. Now, he doesn't gamble, but he does talk about them on our show, One Half of the Lumberjacks, Drew Brooks. It is an honor to be here, gentlemen. And there is still time to place your bets. Pack, get a good look at these horses. Lefty leads us at three to one. Storm and Norman, nine to two. Wes, that's four and a half to one. Uh, just helping you out with the math. Gentlemen, Carl, ten to one. And Bones, if you like long shots, twenty five to one today.
0: All right, Wes. I see the horses in the back stretch. They're getting ready. So you know what? We need a professional with the call. And who better on Packer and Durham? the play-by-play voice, my very own partner, Western.
1: Okay, Mark, thanks very much. We load the four horses in. It's a lap and three quarters on the refined magnetic metal track here at Myers Park. And we're off, and it's a fast start on the outside for Bones and Gentleman Carl into turn one. Gentleman Carl by nearly a length. Quick move on the rail by Lefty as they head for the straightaway. And let's see. Gentleman Carl, Lefty, Bones, and Stormin' Norman as we get to the turn. Same two as we move now to the front side. Bones making a move on the outside. Neck and neck. Now all four look like they go through the turn. And down the stretch. and Norman, Bones. It is Bones and Storm and Norman. Followed by Gentleman Carl and Lefty. And it's a track record. 26 seconds here at Myers Park.
0: I can't believe it. Loser again. Man, what a race, Wes. What a freaking
1: race. <laughs> well, it makes sense, though, that a guy who started his college basketball career at NC State, went to World War II, came back and finished at Carolina, and then later coached at Wake Forest, would win the first Packer Enduromette Metric. Oh, you're not going to – hold
0: on, hold on. You're not going to believe this. I'm getting a text from Billy Packer. Billy texts as often as Nick Saban. He says, uh, son, it's over.
1: Never bet against Bones. I give. I give. You can't wow. win, Wes. I tell you what, race one of the Packard Durham hat trick in the books. Congratulations to Bones. Hey, by the way, happy virtual graduation at Florida State to my daughter Emily tomorrow. Amen. With more Packard Durham racing on the Q series on ACC Network.
0: Still classic. We do that every year. Since they won't take us to the Derby, we bring the Derby to you. And by the way. Might have been my favorite segment that we've done in 623 shows because where else can you have a mint julep and a little bourbon in the same five-minute period of time? <laughs> All in the morning, too, by the way. Perfect. Life oh. doesn't get any better.
1: Who you like tomorrow?
0: Uh, for real, you know, since um, I just like to say it, I- I'm just going to go with Messier just because I like to say it. Whether it be Mark Messier or just Messier. So I'm going to go Messier. West Durham.
1: I gotta tell you, Zandon way off the rail at plus three ninety four is fascinating when you look at Epicenter at three fifty six out of the three slot. If I'm gonna build an exacta, I don't know what I'd do. Um you see Zozo's at plenty plus twenty two hundred at nineteen, you, you got a better chance of you running it. Then Zozo's winning it. Um, classic Causeway. Barber Road. All nice names. Pioneer of Medina. Seems also a pretty good idea, too. But that's those are long shots at best. I'm going to go Epicenter Pack.
0: Oh, boring. I'm going to go
1: Epicenter plus 356 out boring, of the three yeah, why not? Boring. Oh, You've got to protect on. your money a little bit uh, here, don't you're you? You're not
0: putting up any money. Man, why are you picking a favorite? Just live a little bit. less come on. Okay.
1: I'm gonna Live take charge it then at plus plus twelve hundred out of the eight spot. How's that?
0: Well, you're wasting your money now. That's dumb. Let me go do our gambler. <laughs> Does Drew Brooks have a pick? Does he like a smile? Does he like smile happy? Smile happy. I don't. Twenty to one. I don't mind that. Again, we're not putting up any money. Yeah. What do we care? We're not going anything. What here. do we care? Yeah.
1: Doesn't um, really matter. Don't forget full coverage of ACC Women's Lacrosse Championship tomorrow night, 6 o'clock from Chapel Hill. Post game with our friends at All ACC. You got baseball tonight on ACC Network. Uh, and of course, the baseball is Georgia Tech at Clemson. That's game one of the series over the weekend at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. And uh, we will be here Monday with all the baseball, all the softball, all the lacrosse uh and the runoffs of that plus more news on monday before we do three straight from amelia island tuesday wednesday and thursday of next week pack
0: and also happy mother's day weekend to everyone out there as well we're goofing around with all the sports stuff but uh if you got your mom still left in your life give her a hug give her a big big hug that's it
1: absolutely uh happy anniversary to pack and amy hope you guys have a great night and a great we will and we with a hat see like you this, here. With a
0: hat like this, Wes, how can I not have a good night tonight?
1: <laughs> <laughs> see you Monday, kids. Have a great weekend. Tune in to Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC.
2: Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.